We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Lots going on around the NBA for us to dive into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, let me tell you, I I am so upset right now over the fan vote for the All-Star returns, those first returns. I am angry. Something needs to be done about this. Something must happen here. This did not turn into a list of players ranked based on their total skill level. This is not a list based on merit, and I am shocked at this outcome. Yeah, as am I. I mean, well, what a stunning development. Uh, The first round of voting especially is heavily swayed towards uh, big market players and not not even star players. Sometimes guys who play 15 minutes a night are are being voted in to the All-Star game. We all know this, this was it, right? This was the only votes that happened. Uh, this, these are the guys who are all in, and, and that, that's just life, and that's how we're all going to have to live. I mean, what a ridiculous firestorm it was, and it's so, so predictable, too, because yeah. it happens every single year with this. And in, ca- in case our snark's not heavy enough, uh, the first All-Star voting results came in, and people absolutely lost their minds all over social media as far as, you know, player X shouldn't be there and this guy doesn't even play. And why is it all Lakers and Warriors and Nets and Knicks and all these things? And look, look at, look at how fancy we are now. You yeah. pulled it right up and everything. So putting them on there, there it is. I mean, I mean, who, who didn't expect Austin Reeves to feature heavily in the Western <laughs> conference uh, backcourt voting. I'm absolutely stunned. Well, here's, and that's just it. People see, um, you know, Jason Tatum right now, the favorite to win the, the MVP, right? Ranking fourth. So he wouldn't even be a starter based on this mm-hmm. fan, but it's not just, this is only 50% of the vote yeah. in terms of determining. And this is the first, the first returns. That's it. This isn't even final. This is only 50%. You've got the media, you've got players counting for the other 50%. So, but this is by no means set in stone at all. But then when you look and see, okay, Jason Tatum's not, even a starter on this list, people get upset. And you see, that's one I can't even argue with either, like too much, because he's behind Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Yeah. So one of those players has to be fourth, yeah. and whichever one is, that fan base is justifiably angry. Yep, because they yep. none of them should be uh, on the bench there. But then you've got you know like Derek Rose being ahead of Darius Garland and being on the list. You've got <laughs> Austin Reeves being on being on the list, and I and I love Austin Reeves, but uh, but he's 
you know, ninth on the list. You've got Russell Westbrook ahead of Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. I mean, you have all kinds of, but this is what happens with the fan vote fan vote, because here's the thing people get upset, but the fan vote, this, this return is not meant to be a list of the top players in order based on their quality. That's not what you're asking for. This is like, this is like ordering, ordering a boat and then it arrives and you get upset that it's not a car. This isn't what you asked for. And, and so people get, get all up in arms about it. Look, that's not what's it. This isn't a list based on the quality of the player. That's not what this is at all. This is just based on fan votes. And yes, it tends to skew towards big markets because more people, more votes. That's, that's what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things too, where I'm glad you broke it down a little bit. This is, there's going to be, I think three more of these that'll come out. So we'll continue to see you know, what happens generally too is, you do get some people who look and be like, all right, we can't stand for player X being this high. We, we've all got to get in there and start voting. And then sometimes it goes the other way too, where it's like, well, this is silly. I want to be involved and saying, I helped vote, you know, Joe cloud shoes into the all-star game too. So that turns into a you know bunch of goofiness, but in the end it's 50% of the vote. Then the other 25% or 25 of the other 50% goes to the players and 25% go to the media. And what I said on Twitter today is, if you think the fan vote is silly, you should see the player vote. I have been in locker rooms in the lead up to to when the players' votes are due and seen players with their ballot in front of them saying, hey, you vote for me and I'll vote for you, okay? And it's two guys who play a total of 15 minutes off the bench in blowouts. Like it's, it's, it's nothing. It's guys don't take it serious there either. Uh, the media votes made up of a panel of it's somewhere between 50 and a hundred. I can't remember mm-hmm. uh, media voters. People yell about that. Cause they're like, Oh, this person doesn't even watch, you know, the Western conference. They, yep. they go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. How would they even know? And those kind of things. And that turns into a whole other circus as well with the way that goes. So the reality is no one's ever going to be really happy with this. The all-star game, in my opinion, it's for the fans. We don't get crazy people voted into the all-star game that wouldn't make it anyway. People keep saying, well, what about Andrew Wiggins last year? Yep. He was probably going to make the team anyway. Just uh, maybe West, not as a starter. Not as a yes. starter, sure. And it doesn't really matter who starts these games. No, no one ever goes back and says this person was a 12-time all-star starter. No, it's they were a 12-time all-star. So as long as you get the right-ish 24 guys, I don't really care. It doesn't. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world to me one way or the other if you know, one of them happens to start that wouldn't have otherwise. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's it's just if the all-star game was what is it, I think it's baseball where like that determines home field advantage for the World Series yeah. or something like if there was something like that on the OK, I get people being a little bit more you know upset about it, but that's not the case. Um, it, it's for fun. Sure, there's there's charity money involved. So that you know, sure. that's something. But yeah. But this is mostly for fun for the for the fans, and so I just don't think you can get too upset over these returns. And just the the response was so loud to this vote; people were so upset. And I'm like, man, they, uh, we just we forget every year that this always happens <laughs> yeah. every single year, and that every year people are shocked and surprised when it does. It's uh, it's crazy. It also makes me laugh too that like you see like for example, I'm going to use your team. Yeah, we have seen people kill Russell Westbrook 
for the entirety of the season of, you know, he's not good and blah, 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 and bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And 500,000 people voted for him still. <laughs> like it's, you know, like and some of that is, hey, I can say bad things about my guy, but I'm still going to vote for him because I'd rather sure. have him in there than any non-Laker anyway. And it's, I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. I mean, teams are, are re, they'll send out tweets where it's, hey, vote our five guys yep. in. And it's five players auto-loaded. So when all you have to do is click the link, go to the link and press press uh, submit. And it's five starters. And sometimes it's like, what, really? The, your, your fifth starter who, you know, starts but plays 25 minutes a night and averages four points a game? Like, he should be in the All-Star game? It's There's a lot of, you know, foolishness going on with it. So, But again, it's for the fans. And if that's who they want to see, then so be it. That's who they want to see. I'm not going to get worked up over it and angry because it's probably not going to matter in the end. All right. I do have something for you to actually get worked up over. Let's go. We have a trade. Yeah, we do. Let's go. This is now. I mean, this is <laughs> this. I mean, what an opening shot for trade season. Huge. Uh, this is a, a balance of power shift in the NBA. Noah Vonley traded to the Spurs. No, I mean, look, it, it is good just to see something go on, right? But, but Keith, uh, this is your team, the Celtics. What, what's the thought process here? Why are they doing this? What's going on? Yeah, for Boston, the idea is pri- primarily to create a roster spot. Um, they were likely going to waive uh, Noah Vonley or Justin Jackson, if not both of them anyway. What happens in two days from now on Saturday, uh, players who aren't waived by the end of the day Saturday, um, their contracts will become fully guaranteed. The fully guaranteed date, because I've had this question from a handful of people, like I thought it was January 10th. Mm-hmm. It is, but in order to have your deal not become fully guaranteed, you have to clear waivers before that. So that means you have to be waived on the 7th. So Technically, it's the 10th. Functionally, it's the 7th. So we're going to see a handful of teams. There's there's about 30-ish players or so in that range who are on uh, uh, non-fully guaranteed deals right now um, that we're going to see decisions made on them. Some of them, complete no-brainers. Guys like Jose Alvarado, mm-hmm. right? Like, of course, he's going to have his his deal uh, full, become fully guaranteed. Uh, you know, I'm just try, trying to cher- cherry-pick another one out of this. A guy like Lamar Stevens for the Cavs, he started sure. a lot this year. Uh, he'll have his deal become fully guaranteed as well but what will happen with the rest of those guys is there's going to be some decisions to be made within that and what happens here is if you're the celtics and you're a tax team they were about 65 million dollars for a tax bill well about uh that's the, the amount they're over the tax plus the penalties in that situation so what's going to happen here is by by trading noah vonley and not simply waiving him and eating uh, the guaranteed portion of his contract they save about seven million um, off their tax bill, trading into the Spurs. For the Spurs side, Boston's going to send them enough actual cash so that when the Spurs owner is 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 writing out his payroll checks, uh, which I know that's not how it really works, right? There's this whole computer system that's yes. going to his name, but we know, right? But when it's he's not signed, 1983 anymore, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not some dude. There's not Scrooge with his big ledger, you know, writing, <laughs> you know, ten cents or whatever. Right. Times, I don't know, um, but it's. When he when they when they're doing their payroll, they're gonna have to pay Vonley a couple days salary because reportedly, according to Woj, they're gonna waive him too. Um, Celtics are presumably sending enough cash to the Spurs to cover what they're gonna eat in the Vonley, probably plus a little bit because um, you know it's basically a thanks for saving us seven million. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll do that, and then the Spurs though get to count his 
full amount of his full guaranteed amount, which will be about like 1 million ish in range. That'll count for them towards uh, the salary floor, which they're still about $60 million under uh, before bringing in Vonley. So this is kind of one of those, this trade doesn't really mean anything basketball wise. Uh, Vonley, he was in Boston's rotation early in the year, but then Luke Cornett got healthy. Rob Williams got healthy. Vonley fell out. He was only playing garbage time minutes. Now they don't really need him. The open roster spot going into trade season or into buyout season, more likely for mm-hmm. the Celtics. That's far more valuable. And you save some money. And now what Brad Stevens can do with the Celtics ownership is say, Hey, that's 7 million. I need 1 million of it back, 2 million of it back because we want to sign player X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's, that's where it'll go. So in the end, they'll come out a little bit ahead, but, but you know, Boston will, would they will fill that roster spot. They will not go in to the end of the regular season with only 14 players under contract. They, they will wrap up head to the playoffs with a full roster. So this is a, a purely financial move, but it's just, well, I guess not purely because it does give you that open roster spot to play with, but sure. prim- primarily a financial move where yeah. the Celtics are saving some money, the Spurs are taking on some money and getting paid a little bit of extra money in exchange for for doing that. And plus they're getting close to that salary floor. So, And um, having the Spurs and Pacers both sitting so far under, wouldn't be surprised if you see them pop up a couple more times between now and that guarantee date on Saturday of eating a couple other deals uh, for players because they're still both sitting on roughly $30 million in cap space that right. they can, can can play with. And if they're not thinking, yeah, there's a, there's a deal out there to eat a bigger contract or to take a really imbalanced trade back or whatever it is, you know, we might as well you know, eat, eat some salary. And what will happen is reason Vonley, it's so little, so Celtics are paying them in cash. If it was a bigger deal, if this was a $10 million player, probably get a second round pick out of it or a couple of sure. them. Um, that, that tends to be more at the trade deadline that that'll happen. Uh, but for now, for Boston, it was, hey, rather than eat this guy's guarantee uh, in a couple of days, we can move him to San Antonio. Let's go. We should say Gorgie Jang got uh, waived by, or will get waived by the Spurs to open the rush spot for them to bring in Von Lang. And we'll see the Spurs may turn right around and re-sign him and bring him back. He's mm-hmm. very, very popular in the organization. Yeah, so that that could certainly happen there, but um, you know, hey, it's an early move here. Yep. Maybe we see some more things happening uh, as we get into uh, January. Speaking of which, let's jump to the Detroit Pistons. They're asking price for Boyan Bogdanovich. Now we had heard um, through the Lakers' lens that the Pistons were asking for an unprotected future first for Bogdanovich. You and I both discussed this and why we wouldn't do that. Uh, according to Jake Fisher, the asking price, and this does not specify protected or not. But the asking price now for Bogdanovich, a sharpshooter, is a first-round pick plus a young player or the equivalent draft capital. So it's not just a first. It's a first plus a young player and the equivalent draft capital. That's what the Pistons are looking for. Also listed some teams that are interested in Bogdanovich. The Mavs, the Lakers were some of them. There were a few others uh, off the top of my head. It was uh, Suns and Cavs as well that were interested in trading for him. This is... That's a pretty high price tag, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask for these types of, and that's kind of where we're at in trade negotiations right now. Yeah, I think there's two things going on here. One is Bogdanovich, 49-42-89 shooting splits, 21 points per game. These are not empty numbers. This is not a guy scoring 20-plus points per game on 35% shooting from the floor. He's getting it done night in, night out with very little help. Uh, around him he's played every night he's been there he's played 40 games for them 31 minutes per night he's he's a little older but i think if you're the pistons because it was funny i had somebody ask me like 
did Detroit just do the equivalent of flipping a house here? Like they paid <laughs> right. less for this guy. Now they're going to get, you know, way more than what they paid. But what they did was they signed him to an extension. And now I think he's more valuable mm-hmm. as a trade piece because you're not just trading him, trading for him for the rest of this year. You're getting him signed for two more years. And that second year is mostly uh, non-guaranteed. It's only 2 million of the 20 plus million guaranteed in that, that second season of that extension. So you could have him rest of this year, all the next year and the year after that, if you wanted to. So I think for the, the piston side, it is, yeah, let's ask for a lot. I think it's also a sign of, Hey, we'll trade them if you really want to bowl us over with an offer. But if you don't, we're happy to keep them mm-hmm. because they intend to be competitive next year. That's the sign they've been kind of sending everybody is we're going to get our guys back. We're going to be ready to go. We're going to be a competitive team a year from now. So I think for Detroit, it is, hey, here, here we go. Like, like if, you know, if it's the rest of this year, you know what? We can shut him down pretty easy. We yeah. can come up with, you know, a reason he can't play uh, later in the season and off we'll go. So, yeah, I think it is really, really uh, yeah, going to be interesting to see how this goes uh, for them the rest of the year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. By the way, I should note, I didn't put this in our show notes, but Marvin Bagley will be reevaluated in six weeks just while we're on the topics on the topic of the Pistons. Uh, repaired a fracture of the third and fourth metacarpals in his right hand uh, from uh, from Mark Stein. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that sucks, right? Like that yeah. part is is brutal for them because, again, they'd settled on that three three big rotation with Bagley, Stewart, and, and Jalen Dern, and it was going to be let's play that through, and now you're going to lose the ability to see what that looks like. And Bagley's a guy who they signed to a three-year contract, so this was not just a, oh, well, he's, he's leaving at the end of the season anyway kind of situation. This was a guy they saw as part of the group that they're building. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's tough for the. And again, we talked about this with um, with Cade. I mean, this is you're losing that year to figure out what you've got. That year of development. I know Bagley's been in the league for a few years longer, but still, you know, you you had a chance to have him with your young team playing out there, developing that chemistry, and so you lose that um, for the next six weeks or so. That that can definitely throw you out of rhythm and out of sync. You don't want this to just be a throwaway season. If you're Detroit. Now, even if you do wind up moving Boyan, you don't want this to be a throwaway season. You want this to be a season of development, knowing you're not going to make the playoffs or anything like that. But you don't want it to be just a, oh, well, throw your hands up. Let's lose as much as we can. You want to start making progress towards something here. And having all these injuries is certainly going to uh, be a hurdle that you're going to have to try to overcome in that process. 
Yeah, anytime you're going to be what I like to call naturally bad, which is just you're just not going to be a good team, which is I know there were a lot of people like they could be a sleeper playing team mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But I never fully bought in to that with the Pistons. I thought they were still at least a year or two away. Anytime you're going to be naturally bad and you have injuries to key guys, it starts to become a lost season. So that's where anything you can do to kind of fight against that is valuable to, you know, let's go. Cause you still got Jaden Ivy out there. You're, mm-hmm. you're still, Extend. We could, you know, let's figure out what Killian Hayes is. We've got Sadiq Bay. Uh, we've got Jalen Duran. Let's really try to get the most out of these guys versus just rolling the ball out and losing by twenty every night. Because chances are, we're probably going to lose more often than not anyway. We don't need to get killed to do that. We, we yeah. can play competitive games for the most part. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, the the Mavs and Christian Wood have opened extension talks. Now we heard. Uh, earlier in the week, we heard about the Mavs wanting to do a two-year deal. Christian Wood can get up to four years, and it was, what, $77 million. Yep. Mavs looking at a shorter deal than that. Uh, do you think they find middle ground here and, and get something done, or is this the kind of thing where Christian I, – do you even want – I guess that's maybe the bigger question. If you're Christian Wood, do you want a four-year deal at $77 million, or are you looking for more money than that? In that case, you might be more open to a short-term deal and then hit free agency again later on. I, what what should his approach be? Yeah, the 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 length is the interesting part here for Christian Wood. He's he's not twenty five. I think he's twenty seven years old. So that starts to become a little bit different uh, for him. I, I don't know that I necessarily want to um, you know be be in a spot for for him. And he is he's he's twenty seven. Yep. Uh, Christian Wood is so so. I would probably if you're twenty five or under. Yeah, give me a couple of years because I can. I've still got a couple more deals in me. Let's go. Um, at his age, it's probably more of a. Unless you're not sure about the fit and the situation, then maybe you're willing to do shorter. But I'd be. I would basically say, hey, the floor is four years, seventy-seven million. The match you can give me right now. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to go to that. Let's just keep playing then the way it is, and we'll see where it goes. And that's where it could be risky for Dallas. They just played this game with Jalen Brunson. Now mm-hmm. Christian Wood is a more signable guy for them to some extent but you're in a spot where you lost Jalen Brunson because you didn't want to pay up early now they were very limited in what they could extend him for um but you let it go to free agency you lost the player let it go to free agency and you lose Christian Wood especially if he keeps playing the way he's been playing he's been playing great especially Mm -hmm. since getting that starting group Christian Wood and his reps may be looking at and saying "Uh, you know what four years 77 million is not enough like we're 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 feeling you know, 90 million and you can't give that to us now, but somebody's going to give it to us in the off season. So we're, we're willing to hold out. Yeah, that, that's certainly possible. You could get there. And it's, it's, I think you are like 27. If it's a four year deal, you can say, okay, if he plays this well for the remaining four years, 31, he's going to get another deal, deal after. Yeah. But the problem is at that point, 31 teams are going to say, well, but he's 31, right? And, and he's that, a center. Yeah. So, and so that, yeah. that starts to become a detriment for you. And it might even be a little bit of a factor. If you take a two-year deal, if you're Christian Wood, if you take, if you say, well, I'm not getting the money exactly that I want. Let me go shorter term deal. Then you're 29 teams are going to say, well, he's about to turn 30. We don't want to commit to him for a four-year deal to get to 33. And yeah. Yeah, like you just run into problems. So he needs to get the deal that he wants right now like this is his time to strike at 27 years old and get the right deal if he's comfortable with four years 77 and the Mavs are willing to do it I think that'd be a good deal potentially for both sides but I tend to be more risk averse in situations like this if he thinks that 
he's going to get a hundred million somewhere or something like that. It might be worth it just, just to wait. But personally, if it's me, if I'm advising him, if four years, 77 million is on the table, I think it's probably close enough where it's not worth risking some sort of catastrophic injury over the rest of the season and just getting it done. But again, what we've heard is the Mavs will only go two years. And if that's the case, that's why I'm probably going to say, well, let's, let's wait and see what plays out this summer. Yeah, absolutely. With, with, with you on that, if people are really interested in a lot more longer, deeper thoughts from me on all things, Christian Wood and his contract, I wrote first, first spot track in the most recent uh, version of our next contract series it was all about Christian Wood. So you can check that out over there. All right, let's talk a little bit. I, I'm not even going to spend a ton of time on this, but you know, Howard Beck, always noteworthy whenever he's, he mentioned something, fan, fantastic uh, job. And he threw out there that he'd heard some rumblings from other teams around the league that, um, that the Lakers maybe had a mandate to not trade their picks, that that was kind of what was, was out there, that they're not going to trade them. And uh, essentially, there's, there's really two ways to take this. Either you take it at face value, and, and yes, they're, they've been told by, you know, by the powers that be, you'd have to imagine ownership there, uh, said don't trade the picks, period. Don't think we've got enough this year. Don't trade the picks. We're going to hang on to them till the summer, and then let's go from there. That's possible. Also possible that in negotiations with other teams, other teams are coming away with the impression that they don't want to trade the picks because they're kind of driving a hard bargain. Um, we saw the same thing with Kevin Durant, right, over the summer, where teams eventually walked away from negotiations with the Nets saying, well, the Nets are asking for so much, we don't think they even want to trade him. And so then that started to get out there and become a thing. So that's the other possibility. But nonetheless, there's some rumblings out there that maybe the Lakers are simply operating as though they won't trade their picks, uh, period. And then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I think there's a couple things that factor. And one is obviously what's the deal and what's that deal going to do for us, both for the rest of this season and long term. I think the other factor is this is it. You trade the 27 and 29 picks. That is it. You are out of tradable draft picks for a long time. <laughs> you you will not be able to move another pick for a couple years because you can mm -hmm. only trade picks seven years in advance from a season. And you can only, well, when you get into it, uh, you you can only trade picks every other year in, in there. So that that's it. And so it. So the other thing is, not only is it what does it do for this year and next year, but it has to be absolutely the right deal because yep. this is your last chance. Otherwise, you're kind of out. You, you, if, if you move them and it doesn't go the way you want, well, guess what? Your trade chances went way down. At that point, you're looking at, we have to trade players. We probably don't want to move. That's the only way we can kind of reset things at that point. So that's where I think you, you've got to exercise caution. You got to mm -hmm. make sure, you know, where we really want to go with this question. I have for you, because you're obviously way yeah. closer to this than I am. Three game win streak right now. A very surprising win last night over the Heat yeah. that I don't think anybody expected, especially after they announced LeBron wasn't going to play. Or does that get people thinking like, yeah, we got to do it. We got to move picks. We got to trade players and go all in. And I know there's always going to be some, right? There's always extremes mm -hmm. on every end. Or are people still a little like, eh, I, I no, like, hold, hold on. Like, what, where, what's the temperature of the fan base right it's, now? It's a bit of both. Uh, there are some fans that are saying, you know what? Well, you've got... I mean, this this is this happens day one of the regular season, regardless of what's going on. Like, if you lose, it's the sky is falling, season's over, forget it. You know, all that kind of stuff. That that's regular out there, right? Season, that happens preseason. Yeah, that, preseason that that happens. Summer league <laughs> that happens. It's, that's the thing, right? But uh, but so there are still a lot of fans that are saying, well, you know what? 
yeah, they, this team probably doesn't have it. Just hang on to your picks. Wait till summer. Uh, that's a lot of the kind of seasons over crew, right? Where that's just the response. Seasons over. It's it's done. That type of thing. Because look, let's face it. Fans, it's going to be an emotional response. Something hurts you. What you want to do is you want to just you know projectile send that mm-hmm. thing away from you right so by saying season's over that's we're just stepping away and that's that's you know i'm going to send you away so you can't hurt me anymore um there's that that's out there um uh, there's also lebron fans who are incensed just beside themselves at how dare the organization do this to lebron they must trade everything that's not nailed down to help lebron right now that's a thing too um, which there's obviously a lot of bias built in there because those picks have no value, zero value to them because once LeBron's gone, they're they're not going to be following the team at that point, uh, most likely. So there's that element too. Uh, for the most part, though, just kind of general Lakers fans, you see a lot of, well, LeBron's played at an incredibly high level. Davis has played at an incredibly high level when he's been healthy. And it's hard to watch those guys play at such a high level and just not see them have enough help around them. So if you can find the right move, you you have to look at it. You have to consider it. And I think that's ultimately where I land too, that it's got to be the right move. And that's where, where you're going to consider. If LeBron was having a poor season, if Anthony Davis wasn't looking good, um, then maybe you don't. But I think this is a group where LeBron and AD are both playing well enough to where if they're both healthy and that's a big if come playoff time, they could they could present a challenge for just about anybody in the first round if you're able to add a little bit of firepower to help get them there. So that's that's where I fall with it, where it's got to be the right move, but it's something you really have to consider because of how well they've played. And the last thing I'll close on on this, outside of a handful of deals they could construct, it's very, very important to remember if you make the trade now, this is almost your big off season. It's your summer shopping because of yep. this, this is it. You've got either cap space this summer or you've got, uh, obviously the big move would be, has to involve moving Russ. Like that's really the only way you can get there. Um, you, I know you can do Beverly and stack a couple other guys, but it's the, the, the those are kind of your, your big guns. If you're, you're doing that with the trades and those kind of things. And that starts to become of, you know, all right, are we going all in with LeBron, AD, and whoever we get in this trade? And, and here we go moving forward like that. That That's the other thing you get a factor into is that this is your offseason uh, mm-hmm. move as well as, as far as this goes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Something that you have to consider. I'm saying to Lakers fans, whenever you look at a trade, it's not player X and Y and draft pick, you know, first round pick for these players. It's player X, Y plus cap space for the summer that you're giving up. That's That's got to be factored into any kind of trade. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a jump over here. The Charlotte Hornets, actually not talking, according to the Hornets themselves, not talking extension or, or a new deal, I should say, uh, with Miles Bridges. Now, this was, I mean, this is fairly controversial. The Hornets caught a little bit of uh, a flack for potentially talking about a deal with him and apparently, you know, maybe not too pleased that this got out there. Yeah, the Hornets actually issued a statement to the Charlotte Observer, a, a local paper that uh, they, they basically said, we've not had any talks with Miles Bridges. Now, that's a little odd. Generally, teams mm-hmm. will 
basically no comment where we're, we're not going to tell you if we've talked or not talked to, to somebody or they'll, they'll you know, give a very non-answer answer. This was a pretty definitive, wasn't even a question being asked. It was a straight out statement to, 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 to the reporters of no, we, we haven't talked, you know, extension. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in a spot where that's interesting. And that, that kind of, you know, was, a little bit more definitive and, and this could be all right this thing go we, we floated the trial balloon through the media it didn't go well people got angry they get mm. real mad and we're gonna back off it a little bit or it could be a uh you know a situation where it is you know hey well wait a minute we're not doing that and that didn't come from us and we're not interested at all in talking with him at the moment so either way now that they've said this it'd be a little surprising not entirely because it's the world of sports if tomorrow there's a you know tweet of hornets and bridges agree to you know new contract mm-hmm. but I, I my guess is this is this isn't coming right now let's we'll, we'll readdress later probably if anything probably over the summer important to note still a restricted free agent they retain his restricted rights as they, they have and part of the reason they did that was because in my opinion they didn't want anybody else just jumping in and saying, Hey, we'll overlook what happened. Or right. We'll look past it or whatever it is where we'll, we'll move on um, with this. I think it's the Hornets saying, no, we're going to control this because mm-hmm. something happened here that, that it's to some extent up for debate because nothing's necessarily happened, but he, he did plead no contest, which isn't pleading not guilty. So that's, you know, that that's probably not great, but you know, eventually Miles Bridges will play in the NBA again. We know this, whether you like it or not. That's gonna be how this goes. Um, but my guess is it's not this season for the Hornets. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could just sign the offer that's that the Hornets put out yeah. there. That I mean, that's mm-hmm. possible. But I, I think I like even if tomorrow we wake up and there's news that they've come to terms on a deal or whatever. I'm not expecting to see him in the league this season because as soon as he signs a contract, the NBA is going to suspension. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's going to be a long one too. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to be a lengthy one for, for sure. They, uh, uh, the last closest thing was probably Jeffrey Taylor, uh, several years ago and he, he got hit with a very lengthy extension as well. So yeah, it'd be a surprise if we see miles bridges. All right. Uh, another bit on the trade market. Some are pegging the Raptors. We've talked a lot about the bulls, the wizards potentially being those teams that could flip to, blow some things up, but are the Raptors actually the first domino, the, sorry, the second domino after Noah Vonley <laughs> to, to fall on the, on the trade market. Toronto currently sitting in 12th in the Eastern Conference, lost their last two games, negative point differential on the season. Uh, are, are the Raptors right there with Chicago and Washington as teams that we, as a team that we should look at that could start trading away players here prior to the deadline? Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think Messiah Jerry plays the sit in the middle game. I don't think just being a play in tournament teams enough mm-hmm. for him or the Raptors. I think there will be changes made. They've got a couple key free agents coming up uh, the, this summer too, that they're going to have to figure out what do we want to do long-term. And I think there's a sense of, it sounded great to build this roster with a whole bunch of dudes that are between six foot six and uh, six foot nine that are all switchable and can do a bunch of different things, but none of them can really shoot. So that's become a major problem. Their guard play when Van Vliet is out is not good. Their front court guys are very good playmakers for front court players. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily uh, true offense, uh, offensive, uh, you know, keep the machine moving uh, with this. The Raptors are closer to, the number one overall pick in the draft right now 
or being in that top three lottery than they are to home court advantage in the East. Just to give yeah. you a sense of how far uh, things are up. They're only six and a half away from the Charlotte Hornets and Detroit Pistons, and they are eight and a half behind the Cleveland Cavaliers for the fourth spot. So tells you th things aren't great. Now they're only just outside the playing tournament, but again, I, I don't know that that's enough for them. And I, and I struggle to see how they get much past that at this point. Now we, we had heard of them as being, you know, a landing spot for Yaka Pertle, landing spot for Miles Turner. Is that dead now, given the way the Raptors are uh, at the moment? I wouldn't say it's, dead i think it's probably maybe they do a reset where it's hey we're gonna do a reset and then all of a sudden it's we did this reset with the idea of a few of these guys aren't gonna play the rest of this season mm. and we're gonna kind of bottom this thing out and let, let it kind of all fall apart on us um, we have seen teams do that in the past that's kind of what the wizards did a little bit last year with chris Stapp's porzingis right they traded for him then it was all right we reset everything but there's no intention of going all in right. and pushing hard the rest of the season so i could see maybe something like that but they're they're one way or another, whether it comes in the next month before the trade deadline or it comes in in June, July, the Raptors are going to look very, very different. They're, they're going to make major changes in Toronto. It's coming for sure. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. So certainly a team to keep an eye on as we get closer and closer to that trade deadline on February 9th. Uh, a few injury things just to round things out for us. Uh, Zion, man, out at least three weeks, then he'll be reevaluated dealing with that hamstring injury. Um, we talked about a little bit, I believe it was day before yesterday. Hamstrings uh, can be super tricky. you got to be careful with it. But uh, Pelicans are going to be missing him for a bit here. And uh, I mean, given how compact the West is, that, that this, I mean, it could be a, a three-week injury could completely change the playoff landscape in, in the Western Conference. So uh, hopefully he heals up and gets better soon. But uh, for at least the next three weeks, possibly more, the Pelicans will be without Zion Williamson. Yeah, you need to look no further than the Phoenix Suns mm -hmm. who have gone through a major injury to Devin Booker. Uh, with the, the, Is it the same thing? No, his is a strained groin yeah. um, for him, but he's out you know, two to four weeks, I believe his was. And they've slipped all the way down at ninth, I think it is, in the conference now. So they, they've fallen quite a bit. And I think for, for Zion, is he's, got, he's had a history now of foot, knee, leg injuries. You're going to be very, very careful because you don't want this to turn into something else because mm -hmm. he's compensating for it. Also, hamstrings are, yeah, if it's not ready and it pops again, then you're you, you could be out you know, very long. Hard thing for them too. Brendan Ingram's still not back. It sounds yeah. like he's finally doing a lot more on-court work and maybe getting a little closer. But one of the uh, more recent reports I read was still having you know, pain in the toe when he when he went to push off for things. And I know sometimes people laugh and be like, oh, poor guy, he's you know, stubbed his toe. And that's not really what happened. But you spend a lot of time on your toes in basketball. You're, you know, pushing off the run, you're pushing off the jump and those kind of things. And that's, you know, that, that's all part of it. So it's, you know, one of those things where I look at it and it's all right, man, you, you, you got to keep battling. You got to get through it. Cause they're right there. They're half game behind uh, Denver and Memphis at the top of the conference. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, this could go South real quickly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we've got some positive news though, out of gold state who has, you know, been uh, not what we expected them to be in the Western Conference, but Steph Curry uh, could be bouncing back here uh, next week. It would be great to get him back in action, obviously, uh, for the uh, for the Warriors. Lost their last game. Has, have had some big performances out of Clay Thompson, but they certainly need Steph back. Yeah, and you know what? If the Warriors get him back, kept their heads above water, going to mm -hmm. get Andrew Wiggins back, presumably sooner rather than later. Sounds like Jonathan Kaminga is going to be out for a little bit now there, further need of 
got to get that depth figured out in Golden State. Something's got to come uh, one way or another for the Warriors. But get Steph back, get Wiggins back. All of a sudden, your top five is is there. Your top six, if you you know throw Jordan Poole in the mix, and things start to look a lot better for for that team. They they you know and then then we'll see can they win a game or two away from home. Right. Uh, if they can do that, all of a sudden, then all right, it's it's tough. But they they they're above five hundred. So I mean. Steph gets back and you're at 500, right around 500. Like that's that's pretty good work. Then you, you hung in there and there again. They're only two and a half out of home court advantage in the West, so it's all still right there for the Warriors. Yeah, that's um, that's just it, right there. They're right there. The West is still wide open, and Curry comes back and you get rolling. Great, you, you could be in pretty good yep. shape. By the way, the the Warriors, I believe it's the Warriors' entire starting five was on the early returns for. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Back. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. So things things might you know they might be sitting whatever it is ninth right now, but things aren't that bad in, in Golden State. They're getting all those uh, the, the all star love there. Did everybody, everybody everybody's all about it? I know Kevon Looney was a lot higher than uh, than, than than people were were comfortable with. So yeah, right. that uh, yep. <laughs> that 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 is uh, you know definitely something to know for sure. I, I saw uh, my buddy uh, Samus Foundiari uh, of the the Light Years Pod, which is a, a fellow Blue Wire podcast uh, network show. Uh, was putting out there on Twitter, like he's not worrying about Austin Reeves over Jordan Poole or anything like that. He's just hoping to get Kevon Looney into into the All Star game again. He's pushing for that. We'll see if the Warriors can uh, Warriors fans can get it done. They made it happen with Andrew Wiggins last year, so who knows? What they need to do is they need to tell uh, the people of the the great nation of Georgia that that Kevon Looney is 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 a Georgian, and there you go. He's Zaza Pachulia's long lost cousin, and get them all rallied <laughs> behind him again too, and then then win the fan vote, and then then it does become a little tricky to you know for the media and uh, to to overcome them. But yeah, that's that that was also what triggered all of that. Was yes. the change to that was uh Zaza getting you know I think all of his all and I mean all grandmothers and babies and infants and everyone every single day was voting multiple times a day for for Zaza and still somehow magically didn't squeak through into mm. being named an all-star starter shockingly right yeah right <laughs> beat out on the last day crazy crazy yeah. crazy weird how that happens yeah I have no idea I'm sure nothing you know underhanded happened in in that no. but but that's a whole nother pod. That's a that, summer pod of NBA. That's, yeah, that, that is a mid, middle of August <laughs> yeah. topic. Yeah, NBA August. Sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's wrap things up there. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to go follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.